I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around the bend. I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison, time keeps dragging on. I hear that whistle blowing on down the San Antone. When I was just a baby, my mama told me, son, always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns. But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. I hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and cry. Second place spelling bee winner and uh, third place whistling contest. So I just want to shout out Central Junior High School. If they freed me from this prison and that railroad train was mine, I bet I'd move it all a little farther down the line. Far from Folsom Prison, that's where I want to stay. Feel that rolling some whistle. Blowing my blues away. All right. <laughs> hey, Johnny Cash. That's. <laughs> I'm speechless, I think. <laughs> oh, man. Um, welcome back to the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. And we are the Loxicutioners. We're going to be eating lightning and talking thunder and <laughs> rocking you right in the ear holes today. So many firsts. I don't know where to begin with this. So our guest, we put up pictures of him yesterday and had a bunch of you like, man, I don't know who this dude is, but can't wait to uh, can't wait to listen to him. So a couple firsts here today, Ross. First of all, I had to go get him coffee. Hell yeah. Okay. I had, he came in here carrying instruments and luggage and I had to carry in his luggage. He's Thank already you. taken off his that. pants. He's already pants taken his off. pants off. I, I saw a tiny glimpse of his testicle. Those shorts bit. are so short. You can't, you can't go full testicle. You give it a glimmer so that there's more for the mind to wonder. You can't just go full on testicle. I'm not wondering. There's no I, wondering I have here. no idea where the show is going. Testies, testies, one, place. two, three. three. So, Another thing, our guest just played his own walkout song. We had no idea what to expect. We said we said thirty seconds. We said thirty seconds. He, we couldn't. We <laughs> oh, were giving him the, the thirty seconds. We were giving him the hand signals. We gave every signal that we have. <laughs> every signal, every hand signal we had, and it, there was no stop. I thought we'd have to pull out the little cane and 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 pull him out. I was thinking just the plug, but <laughs> cane works too. <laughs> Um, well, you've never met another, for another first. You've never actually met our guest. No idea Today, who this guy Today, we walked in, shook hands, and Boom. he started uh, setting up shop. And I don't know if we're ever going to get rid of him. <laughs> so anyway, today's today's guest, Jeremy Jennin. Uh, I don't even know what's up, guys. I don't even know where to what to say about him. He's uh, owns a gym. He's a personal trainer, entrepreneur, uh, obviously a musician, comedian, videographer, f photographer. Uh, 
this is all of your line of work? Yeah, yeah. I got a wide <laughs> scope. I cut a wide swath, you know? So like being in the, in the personal training industry and working for myself, I've had the blessing to make my own schedule for the last um, eight years. And I mean, I say make my own schedule. It's around my client's schedule as well, but I get to make my own schedule. Um, and so doing so, I get to spend time and I, I steady invest back into other professionals that are in, in my the arenas that I want to get into, right? So whether that be f- uh, photography, videography, um, music, whatever it is. So back, you know, back in the day, you guys, are you in the training business too? I'm, Never? I'm not. Never? Okay. Look so, at it. Look at him. Yeah, no. you got, yeah, you got, you're <laughs> no. Let me take this sure. fucking shirt off. <laughs> <No. Yeah. laughs> I don't know if you guys Sorry. seen some of those trainers out there, but there some of those guys, you're like, you're a fucking, you shouldn't be a trainer. Yeah, it was like GNC back in the day. Do you remember going to GNC back when, back in like the nineties, two thousands? Like oh, you yeah. go in and and some lady that was, looked like she had never worked out a day in her life was yeah. telling, "Hey, you should take creatine and fish oil. <laughs> this, yeah. this has plum juice in it. It's good for you." <laughs> you know that's why it's places like Supplement Superstore have taken over because oh, they have yeah. dudes that look like they work out. Bet well, you had but that they gold also card, have a though. And the that, other that thing is they, they make them all have a um, basic training certification, so they're all they have a base level knowledge that most stores wouldn't have anyways. Yeah, uh, but that's an awesome way to vet new workers is we, make sure they're like certified and something. So we, what we'll start on the gym business. So yeah. you, when you first of all, you and I met. Do you remember where you and I met? Yeah, we met um, buying gym equipment. Yes. At, um, what is the name of that place? Show me, show me weights. Show me weights over in Fenton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we met over. That's where we, him and I and met over there. You looked familiar. I wasn't sure where, but I just said hi real quick. And then um, you, I guess I either saw you at Matt Hughes Hit Squad or I um, saw your pictures or something. Yeah, so, on some of their pictures. Something I was hoping like you were that. gonna say you whooped his ass in a bar. <laughs> That way, hey, that might have happened too. <laughs> yeah, I've met a couple guys that way too. <laughs> that could have. So you did have a gym down on 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 Washington, right? And down, I mean, he was downtown in the heart of things. And we're gonna get into. He has a lot of stories about that. But then you bought a church. Uh, I didn't buy it, so I was leasing the church, and I was I had two locations, um, and uh, what you know, once the COVID stuff happen there's no need for two locations mm-hmm. but yeah i had uh i had this full gym that was inside of a it was an old lutheran church rosh let me tell you what the name of the, the gym was you ready for this it's not the same as the other gym? no 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 that, okay. the one in st louis is functional fitness you know what this one was no nope. ready jehovah's fitness <laughs> <laughs> we go door to door and tell people that we can save their swole <laughs> Oh man, I am so, so you don't that location COVID you so, shut it down. I'm yeah, so was, mad I didn't get over there. Yeah, it was really nice, but you know, like you you said, I didn't buy it, and so not owning the building, uh, at least for the COVID thing, I would have kept it going anyways. Yeah. Oh, yes. sorry. So so that means whenever you whenever you finish, I'm coming in. They have that. sign language. <laughs> okay. okay. He just so, so, so I we, knew he we wasn't. had sign language we're going to go over, and I was like, yeah, I'm not I, I knew he wasn't paying attention to the, the hand well, of signals. Of course, you went for two minutes on, on the keyboard. <laughs> That's what she said. So so the videos, you know, Todd sends me your name. I hit you right. on Facebook. So the videos uh-huh. of you playing music right. in the background. With the church your, back behind. Was that your church? That was where the gym was. Okay. So, um, yeah, so if I would have bought that, I would definitely obviously still be there. But I was in a lease, and with all this going on, it was easy to get out of the, you know, get get step out of the lease. Yeah, um, which was awesome. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so 
you know, I meet him. I know he's a gym guy and all this. And so, I don't know, it was like one night, you and I had probably had a few beers in the podcast studio. I had about 17 Modellos. I go home, I get on Facebook. I and miss those days. Yes. When I used to drink. No. And so, <laughs> we I go home, I get on Facebook, you know, I'm kind of drunk, you know, going through. And here's this dude. <laughs> playing a keyboard like in a in a church like gym thing i'm like hold on this is the the guy i met over at show show me weights the trainer that what is he doing playing the keyboard and i don't look like he was smoking doobies i don't know there was one night you <laughs> tagged me in some of his videos i thought you were tagging me for me to check out his videos to see if I wanted to book him for my bar, like as <laughs> that, a musician. Now there would be a night. There would be a night out right there. So, th I mean, I hadn't seen you do any of that, like the sure. music thing, until all of a sudden, just bam, there you are. Every night, like every Saturday night, there you were. Yeah, well, you know, with the with the the entire gym thing. So I made my own schedule, and I also I networked with a lot of local professionals. Um, so piano players and photographers and videographers who I worked with, trained them firsthand. And then, you know, the, I just took interest in their hobbies, which I was already interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just found out people that were interested in the gym stuff and tried to bring them in, whether it be free training or whatever. And then we would do an exchange. And so they would give me lessons or I would hire people to do it. And so I've been working on this stuff for 10 years. And, um, I just decided that, you know, whenever this COVID stuff happened, I just knew for sure I was bored out of my fucking mind and I was sure a lot of other people and it depends on, you know, where you're at and how things are shut down or not. Um, but a lot of people are stuck at home, just bored shitless. And so I started, you know, I just put on this clown outfit, um, which I'm sure you guys have seen the pictures. If not, check out his Facebook page. But um, I just put on this to make everybody laugh and started playing and started cracking jokes and talking shit and smoking weed. And that's what I do anyways. <laughs> I loved it. Um, so, yeah, we just and it's something me and my friends have been doing for the last 10 years. I've been training uh, towards like the dueling pianos thing. But it seems like a smarter, smarter idea just to have my own um, bit segment show, whatever. Um, so I'm building that. And then, of course, I'm using that. Um, I have construction skills so i'm building this stage trailer which will be ready by next august I, I, next saw, March, well, I saw you posted the other day and you were welding or grinding on uh -huh. something and it, you, you kind of you did that little vague book thing right oh yeah something coming so well so that's I've, what it is did you i've just... been dropping hints uh but it's not something i'm hiding but it's just not something i'm talking about non-stop but what mm. were you say do i what no, so so that what you're gonna do is you're gonna put your you put the keyboard or whatever on this trailer and just sort of like it be a mobile entertainment center or what? Right, kind of, but it's not gonna be just based on me and what I'm doing. So um, I'm currently working with Kyle Bosworth, the former owner of Laughs on the Landing. Um, I'm gonna be working with a bunch of different musicians, and so the idea is the idea is pretty business sound. It's gonna be a portable stage trailer that you can pull up to a venue and just drop the sides sidewalls out. They wow. form the stage, and there will also be awnings that flip up. And so within an hour, you'll have one guy that can set up this entire stage, lighting, sound, everything. You know, and so, so the venue doesn't have to have anything. So you got you're bringing it anything. to them. We just need open spot, and even if there's COVID lockdowns. Everyone can stay in their cars. We have everything set up, and it'll be ready to go in an hour. Right. Um, yeah. What do I got to do to book you? Oh, we'll get it. We'll take care of it. We're after taking this. care of this for sure. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't. We're getting him in the I break. Can't wait. <laughs>
I can't wait. So it wasn't until you were 30 when you picked up the keyboard. Yeah, I did. I on just, uh, well, I was, so I um, I worked at this bar called the Big Bang. In oh, Seattle. yeah, the Big Bang. I love oh, the Big yeah. Bang. Dueling piano. Yeah, love heck it. yeah. And they hired me on as head of security. And then um, they ended up, they literally, they asked me to start serving drinks. And I walked around and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're like, you are walking around the shot tray and sell shots to people. I was like, you you're, the ugliest shot. you're the ugliest shot seller I've ever seen. And so they literally, uh, they asked me to wear like a tie and slacks. And I walked in and it was super awkward and nobody talked to me. And the few people that did, it was like an awkward look, like trying to figure out why in the fuck the <laughs> guy's walking around with shots. And I was trying to figure it out too. I mean, real quick. Yeah. How big are you? Yeah, I was gonna uh, say how, I right mean, now. So people... Two sixty-five. And, and how tall? Six three. Yeah, this is a big guy here. Like, yeah, yeah. Walk... Walking up with shots. <laughs> Where people are like, I feel like I better buy buy shots. He's gonna beat the crap last, out of me. Last week he drugged me out of here by my neck, and now he's walking shots. <laughs> well, up. that's funny because that's. Uh, I think that was the GM's uh, thought process as well. I'm paying because they hired me on as head of security. And they were paying me a lot of money. And then he was like, I think in his mind, he was like, how can I not pay this guy money but still have him be around? <laughs> and so right. they had this job. I guess the guy that was doing that before me, who's a buddy of mine now. Uh, well, he was a buddy of mine then, too. But uh, this guy, I think somebody was talking mad trash to him. And I think he got, he was just like, fuck this. And he was so, you know, really upset about the shit talk, which I love that shit. I'll talk shit all day. Um <laughs> And so he quit and, and they were like, hey, you got to just try this out. So I do it. And then it was terrible. And then I came I like came back to work the next week and I was like, look, dude, I was like, I'll do this again. But just let me do my thing and, I, and we'll try it and see how it goes. And so I walked out with like ripped jeans and a Megadeth T-shirt and I was talking shit to people. And, you know, people are talking shit to you and you make them laugh and then they're buying stuff. And um, I just kind of turned into this gig and the uh, piano players were watching me do this. And I would go through the venue and as I'd walk through, because it's just all antics and people laugh and other people see that and then they want to be involved also. So um, I had this little mini show going on while the doing piano thing was going on. And I'd go up to tables and tell them jokes and entertain them. And it was just a tiny thing. Um, but the pian one of the piano players, and I'm fortunate that it was like in this kind of a nurturing environment. Because, um, you know, with there being entertainers on stage and you're kind of stealing a little bit of their thunder, you know. Um, they could have been like, oh, fuck this guy. He's got to go. He's a distraction. However you want to do it. But instead they were like, hey, bro, you got to learn piano. Like whatever you're doing with the out, even a microphone, you're fucking you're I can see what you're doing in the crowd. And so um, they started teaching me basic piano stuff. And then I just kept that going. And, you know, what what uh, in the training field, it's you know, you know that a lot of times the hours are just chaotic and you work in the morning and you work in the afternoon and they got a big void in the middle of the day. That exactly you put what in I with training I call sessions. that, I call that nap time. Sure. And that's just it. Is <laughs> but you not can, you. You're obviously, you just keep grinding. You probably, you found a way to, yeah, uh, I was just like, I bet you Red Bull and piano would be a better use of that nap time. <laughs> and so I would, you know, I, and that's what I do now. And you know, what's funny is people are always talking about how you need to get sleep, but like Steve jobs slept like what, three, four hours a night. Yeah. You know, and so I've gotten for the past two months, I've gotten really great sleep. Right. And this is a fitness thing. Yeah. As as Arnold says, just sleep foster. <laughs> People said they need eight hours. I say sleep foster. <laughs> there's a there's only been a couple people, I think, that I've ever met where I'm like, no matter what fucking happens, that dude's going to keep surviving. Right. One, our stepdad. <laughs> He's going to figure something out. He's going to, even if he has, if, if we got bombed, like he's going to build a fucking cave underground, he's going to survive. Uh -huh. 
And this guy. And this guy. (laughs) Right? He could lose a job, I think, tomorrow and fucking (laughs) still rolling in the money. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it's getting, I'm getting there. So not yet, but soon. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, I had these guys, they taught me the piano stuff Uh and I just kept it going with all the training, you know? (laughs) So my favorite, like, I don't know, one time, like I said, I left the podcast studio, went home, had a good buzz going. I turned on, there he is. He looks, do you know who Hunter S. Thompson is? No. I, know, I know you do, Jeremy. Oh, hell one, yeah. one of my fa- one of my favorite authors of all time. And so, and he's got a look about him. So Jeremy looks like he looks like Hunter S. Thompson on steroids, sitting here playing Snoop Dogg. And I was just, or was it Doctor Dre? Which one do you Probably do? Both, both of them. I don't know. And he's, but I'm just like, what is going? This is the trainer. He looks. Oh, it was, it was, it was crazy. Have you done any of the dueling pianos? Uh, I have, but minimally. And so. I'm like, um, I think for those, you know, for those guys, they know like 700 fucking songs. Yeah. And I can either spend the next five to 10 years becoming someone who knows 700 songs, <laughs> right? Which is one thing I could do. Or I can just like make my own songs and I think I'll move up the food chain way faster. <laughs> make you your know? own songs. Well, yeah. So let's oh, let's, 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 hey, let's show, hear thirty seconds of your own like, song. Or I don't have my or, own song. Oh, you and so there okay. that's where the that's where the show's going. And so um, right now, what I'm doing is I'm just playing pretty much the whole thing, and singing and keep trying to keep a beat and trying to entertain people and talk in the process. But what I'm going to do later, which I'm working on right now, is um, you'll have something set up where there's just a beat, and so the beat rolls, and then I'll start off with a beat and roll the beat, and you just get a and then you loop that through and then I play a bass line over that and then I play chords over that and then you sing over the top and say all type of stupid shit. I'm jealous of all of his talents. <laughs> right? <laughs> Dude, I, I suck. We, we, we've, tat, we, and we've touched on one eighth of them. I yeah. promise you. I promise you. But these aren't Start even, this. Beatboxing. that part isn't even a uh, talent I have. It's just like, I think I could do this so I don't even have that skill yet. Well, I'll like get, hit me up in a few weeks. Yeah. So how long, I know you said when you were 30, how long, so how many years have you been playing the keyboard? Oh man, nine, I think in like eight or nine years now. That's awesome because, I mean, it shows everybody out there if you're listening, you try, we try to be motivational, bring people on, but like, it's never too late to start fucking doing something you want to do. Absolutely. Right? Guitar, you know, whatever. I mean, and, you know, I think one of the big things about it, like, I don't even think I'm that skilled. I think I'm just um, really like obstinate when I set my mind to something like I stick to it. And so one of the biggest tips that I have for sticking to like to learning a new skill is first off, hire a professional, someone that's already really good at that of whatever it is. Like, so I was wanting to get into the piano and comedy side. So I started working with guys that were in the piano and comedy side. And then I try to work with comedians and I try to work with this, but it's always, I try to get people that I can get on my dime. So I know that I'm accountable. I know I'm paying them. They're getting a check. There's uh, consistency. And that's a huge part of it for me. And, and that seemed like the guy we had on last week, uh, Adam Marburger, and he was talking about that same thing. Find a, find a professional, find an expert in the field you want to be in yep. and, and just, you know, mentor them or, or hire them or whatever to teach you what, what you're wanting to know. Right. So I like hearing it. Can you give us a little Snoop Dogg or Dr. Dre? Oh man, I didn't even bring uh, oh, beats what? and all that, but, um, no, whatever. give us a little, give us a little 30 second, one minute, something. All right. Well, we'll just do this. We'll do it off a beat. I don't know what, uh. This is a little bit out of my... I need more bass, I think. I don't think I have enough skills to even turn the bass You can never have enough bass. (laughs) 
Boy, it's getting hot. Yes, indeed, it is. Snoop Dogg is on the mic about as crazy as biz. Marquee, spark the chronic blood real quick. And let me get into some fly gangster shit. Yeah, I lay back, stay back in the cut. Bitches trying to play a DOG like a mutt. I got a little message, don't try to see Snoop. I'm finna fuck this bitch, but her name is Luke. You try to see me on the TV, use a BG, D-O-double-G, yes, I'm a OG. You can't see my homie, Dr. Dre. So what the fuck a bitch ass like you gotta say? St. Louis represent, 40-year-old white guy rap. <laughs> up in the house for you. How many songs little, do you know? Oh, I don't know. Um, I mean, you were saying 80, se- they need 700. 80, yeah, probably something like getting close to 100. 70, 80, somewhere gotcha. around there. Yeah. Um, and then I think you won like personal trainer of the year over in St. Louis. It wasn't that long ago, right? Um, I don't know. Maybe I was probably in the top ranks. <laughs> well, you're in my, you're my favorite trainer. Go, well, thanks. That's great. <laughs> I'm like, um, you know, I really worked hard to get that uh, label as like the top trainer in St. Louis. And then, at, you know, at some point it's like I had it. You know, I had that, everyone kind of saw me as that. And then, um, but then I started thinking forward and I'm like, well, that's not really, you know, that's like a kind of, there are other things you could be known for that would be way more beneficial. And so I already have that and I have marketing systems set up so that I have people coming into me for that aspect alone. But then right now my goal is to become, you know, known for other stuff. But yeah, with, uh, with the training thing, one of the big things that I help people out with is, um, I'm really good at working with people that are have injuries, um, specifically if they have uh, joint issues that are not bone on bone. But those are if you're somebody out there listening and you've got you know back pain, shoulder pain, whatever, uh, knee pain, hip pain, and you've been to uh, doctors and chiropractors and everybody and they can't figure it out, come holler at your boy, and I'll get you fixed up. Now, Ross, I'm gonna throw this in here when he because this is a good segue to this. Uh, he also got hit by a train. Oh yeah. <laughs> So now that's kind of how you kind of got into your expertise of training people with injuries is training yourself, right? Yeah. Coming back from it. So tell, tell us a quick thing. How, how you working on a railroad? I yeah. Think? So I was down working um, at Metro East Industries and I like, um, man, I was working down there and I should have been, I should have just known that that was not going to be a safe place to work. Cause like my, like my boss is missing a finger and like my buddy just got his foot crushed in a train. Another one of my buddies got like a steel plate dropped on him on his back. And he's like out of work. They're like, all right, you're going to be in charge of computer stuff. He's like, I don't even know how to type, <laughs> but they're just like, okay, we can't have him just on unemployment. He'll be pushing papers. Um, but there's so many injuries. And then I should have been like, oh, I'm probably that guy who's going to get fucking injured. Right. You know, and no, I was like, no, nah, I got this. But uh, I guess, spoil, and then, spoiler and then, alert, and I then, didn't choo-choo. have this. <laughs> and then you got hit by the reality train. Rea- yeah. <laughs> so that was a metaphorical and a physical train. So um, I'm, I'm trying in this train one night and I'm counting down. So what you would do is, um, and I'm pretty fresh, like I'm pretty new. And I don't just mean how fucking dope my lyrics are. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I'm pretty fresh to the job at this time. And... I'm trying to, you know, I'm still learning stuff. And so I'm counting this guy down. It's like 10, nine, eight. And that's the distance he is from the car. And so you kind of have an idea of what, where they're at. And I got to like four and I looked over and he's already on top of me. So I had no time to get out. And, uh, 
I got smashed straight into the train car. It crushed my hips and then pushed the train uh, car down the tracks. And then the train car separated and I kind of stumbled off. It crushed my hips so I couldn't contact anyone. I'm in the middle of East St. Louis just laying next to the fucking railroad tracks. And they're like, I can <laughs> were, hear were there, them. Were there other people laying next to you? <laughs> no, just me. <laughs> oh, so I'm out, there, I'm out there buying, you know, because think about a train. Whoever's driving the train and at this place they use like a track mobile, which isn't quite a locomotive. It's like a smaller version. But, um. They're, you know, the next guy, the closest guy is like a fucking two miles away at the end of the train. Right. And so they, it took them good 10, 15 minutes to find me. And they're like, you know, they're hitting me up on the railroad. They're like, Jeremy, hey, has anybody heard from Jeremy there? And uh, <laughs> I'm the just laying guy? there. I'm trying to, to answer him, but my radio's crushed so I can just hear them like calling to me. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, this fucking hurts. <laughs> is Jeremy, has anybody heard Jeremy? My fucking dick's broken. <laughs> Uh, well, tape your dick back up and get the that's, fixing those yeah, trains. I think that's about how they fixed it. <laughs> how old so, were you? How old were you? Uh, I was twenty three. And how um, long were you out for? Oh man! So it took me. So what were your injuries? What were your injuries? So I separated my pubic symphysis and right. I fractured the sacrum. So the sacrum's like the bony plate at the bottom of the spinal column. Well, mine like impacted where it basically cracked. Um, so like down the back of the orifices on the right side. You, they just split up the middle. Um, so I had like a fracture almost. And that's the kind of thing. If it would have gone worse, it would have fractured through the whole thing. I was really fortunate that I can still walk and everything. Um, and then the pubic symphysis, that's the bone that separates while you're giving childbirth. And mine pressed in. So it like pushed together. Like I looked down at my hips. They were like, I don't know. What is that? Five, six inches wide. And I got some big ass hips. I got some big good, booty good, going on. Good for shorts. breeding. Hell yeah. I got birthing hips. <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, I was, I was just fucked up and, you know, it took two years to get to normal. And then when I say normal, your version of normal, my version of normal, which is like, you know, what people would consider would be like semi-athletic, you know, where you can like jog a mile kind of, and, um, lift, you know, weights. Um, and then, then I took, and then I, you know, I, then it took me another three years to where I was back to like pro level, um, athleticism. Gotcha. Wow. And so, and that's kind of, that, that's kind of, you turn that into kind of helping other people with injuries. Yeah. And so, you know, while I was there, I was in the therapy center for two years easy. Um, so for two years I'm in just in nonstop physical therapy and that's where also where I lifted cause I was already there. They got the weights there and everything. Um, so I was there, you know, four or five hours a day, just training, trying to get back in shape, but also watching a lot of what these physical therapists were doing. Um, and I've seen the gambit of physical therapists from like guys that are awesome and guys that aren't so awesome. And so uh, a shout out to the guys at the Athletic Therapy Center in Belleville, which I think might now be um, something else. But it's uh, this, at the Sportsplex in Belleville. They got an awesome physical therapy center there. Um, now, you've done some some MMA. You've done some MMA. Uh-huh. Um, you've been over to Thailand and trained uh, yep. some Muay Thai. So was this was, did you went was your MMA after the train? Yeah, so the MMA wow. stuff started after the train, um, and I had 15 pro fights, um, so I ended up 8-7 and seven as a pro, and then, um, you know, at that point, it was like, I was a carpenter at that time, and then I would bartend on the weekends and fight during the week, so it's trying like four to six hours a day on top of a construction schedule, which for guys that fight, that's pretty normal, because if you're trying to pay the bills on a fighter schedule, right. good fucking luck. And, and, and hope you like on, being on, on top of that you've already that you've been hit by a train yeah yeah so 
Well, that wasn't the limiting factor. I was just like, I'm pretty good at, you know, reading athletes and telling them what they can do and what I, and I know what I can do. Like, unless you're a fucking loon, you should be able to look at yourself and be like, oh, I can move this fast. And that guy can't, you know? And, um, well, most people can't, most right. people are so not problem, good at self analysis. Let's the be problem real. comes in when people are fucking delusional about their ability, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so that that can cause you a lot of pain. That's a skill in itself. You know how that was, Ross, down down to the, the hit squad. We'd have dudes come in Hell from yeah. Granite City that thought they were just hard. Oh, they'd yeah. They'd come in hard, and we'd just put them up against nobodies, and they'd get their they'd be so mad, just get their ass kicked. The yeah. dork that's been there for three months just yeah, whoops exa- their ass. Just whoops just their so ass. just so frustrated. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's, you know, uh, man, oh, great example. I was at, there was a fight at in Belleville at the fairgrounds. and it was Oh, a, the old fairground fights. <laughs> and it was a pro card. And these, they really had good fighters come through. Like, I know Jeremy Horns fought there, right. Dan Severn, in fucking Belleville at the flea market. Right. You know, they're like, you can get four shirts for a dollar. Or also, Dan Severn can beat someone's ass. <laughs> like, I don't know. How, how much is it for that? And you got you guys had no connection with, with fights then. No, we didn't, didn't know. If you we saw didn't, him there, you just wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't know. Him. I'm okay. sure we, I'm sure we late, ran in the same circles. On. Like he yeah. said, he was down at the hit squad. We just, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. how that works. Yeah. So there's, um, uh, so this guy comes up, they're missing a fight. They're missing a fight on the fight card. And they're like, all right, we need someone to fill in. And they're just kind of having this discussion. Well, this random dude who happens to be there, who's not a fighter. He's like, but he's like a state champ wrestler. He goes, well, I'll step and fight. And, um, there was it was the only time that I've ever seen just a complete look of uh, lack of faith in my coach's eyes where this wrestler goes up against the guy who I was, I'm supposed to go against this guy. And then his teammate is fighting this random wrestler fucking guy from the crowd. Uh-huh. And um, it's like a <laughs> 30 right. second match. And this wrestler guy just gets fucking a mall <laughs> like and it was so bad that my coach went out to see if he could see like any anything in this guy's game that might be maybe relatable to the other guy that i'm about to fight and he came in and he looks down at the ground and sticks his fist out toward me to fist tap and goes you got this champ and in my head i was like oh fuck you you know because i was like he has no faith in this now at all oh <laughs> uh, that's awesome um yeah, so Thailand. How was Thailand? I've I've always wanted to go. You went over there. and You trained at one of the uh, top uh, top Muay Thai schools over there, didn't you? Yeah, I went to uh, several awesome schools. Uh, I was so I um I came up with this idea, and it's it was like uh, you guys ever heard of uh, Anthony Robbins' his Firewalk? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's like an '80s thing that I think is pretty cheesy. Yeah, the Firewalk. He still does it, but I think he gets like ownership, so he's allowed to. But like anybody else, if I was like, "Hey, we're doing a fire walk at my gym," he'd be like, "That sounds like a really fucking bad idea." <laughs> um, but I was, I love the premise. It's not even about the fire walk. You can learn the fire walk in like five, ten minutes. Okay, you just keep your feet going over these like porous coals. They don't get too hot, and you don't burn your feet. Generally speaking, that's how it works. It doesn't work like that all the time. If you check the news, it sometimes does not work like that. People <laughs> get their feet like half burnt off. So don't do the firewalk. But I was like, man, how can I get a better version of the firewalk? And that's when I came up with this idea. I was like, man, what if we train for five and a half months, hardcore, just training Muay Thai? And like, I mean, focus on technique, not like, oh, we're training a group of 30 people. Like I'm training with you full time. Um, 
honing techniques and learning everything the right perfect way and just you know uh, nitpicking everything and making sure it's perfect and we train for five and a half months and then we go fly out to one of these gyms in um in thailand and so that was where i came up with this idea which was my version of the firewalk which is you go fucking train with some of the baddest dudes on the planet at the end of a six-month training period which sounds pretty awesome right um and so then I was like, well, how am I going to set this up? Because I don't fucking know anyone from Bangkok at all at that time. And I was like, well, I bet if I located um, some sports companies that are already in Bangkok that I know of and offer to do video work for them, um, that I could work out some kind of a deal. And so the one thing I didn't have was the access to the best schools because, you know, if they're the best schools, they're going to limit your time and interaction. Like they're not going to let random fucking guys come in and train with pro athletes, you know, cause that's a waste of their time and they don't know who I am. So it's not like they're going to have any reference. Um, so I told, I reached out, I found the CEO of uh, Boone sport and I reached out to him and I got his contact info. I said, Hey man, I'm going to be in uh, Bangkok for the next, next two weeks training. Um, and I'm going to be doing a bunch of video footage. And if you are interested, I would, um, if you sponsor our uh, event, sponsor the trip, then I will shoot all this video footage for you. And so I created these, uh, he agreed to it. And the biggest thing that he did for us was he set out the camps, the training camps that we we're going to go to. So there were like four or five different camps on the list that he wanted me to go and shoot video at. And he, so we show up day one, meet with him, talk and get our Boone sport gear it was awesome. So we got like, you know, all the badass tie pads that they got mm -hmm. from Boone. And then, um, I went out to the first gym we went to was eminent air. That gym was awesome. Um, but it's a little more commercial, but it was an awesome gym. Right. And so we had a great time and got some real good video footage. And that's in Bangkok. That's in downtown Bangkok. I, I don't picture any gym in Bangkok being commercial. Um, they, and that's kind of new though. They, it had, yeah. it wasn't like that. It was right. people came over and kind of, uh, commercialized them like exactly. as of late. It hadn't been yeah. that long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so like the fair Texas and those, right. yeah. But even with Fairtex, though, they do, um, and even with Eminent Air, so almost all the gyms have this as a structure. They have, like, their guy who's, like, the fight guy, like, the guy, and then they have a bunch of other guys that are close, and then they have guys that are just, like, they want to get to that level. And so there's levels to it the same way that you'd probably hire someone who's, like, a doctor is going to head the program, and then we'll have these two guys that are, like, Bachelor of Science. They'll be underneath them, and then they will have these fucking guys. They, like, pick up the trash and shit. <laughs> But they kind of have tears on the same well. So, um, yeah, there's if you go, I'm trying to think of a good example of a, oh, well, there's the UFC gym over here, right? So if someone tra tells you to train at the UFC gym, like you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, he's not a fucking fighter. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But if you know, but that might be a good spot for someone like mom to come work on cardio kickboxing skills. But there and then I'm not saying there aren't legit athletes at the UFC gym because mm -hmm. there are. Um, but over in Bangkok, it's a lot more prevalent where you've got like a legit guy. So then there's uh eminent air. We went there and then we went to, um, Adachai Muay Thai, which was fucking dope And that also was in the middle of Bangkok. But to get to Adachai, you have to walk. It's like this, it's like, it's basically like a water runoff, but they've found a way that they can turn the runoff water into like a lake. So it's treated, um, but, I mean, you've been over by the hit squad. That's not always the best. Um, but it was actually pretty nice over there. So you have to walk down this crazy, like, mile-long path to even... And it's in the middle of Bangkok, so you wouldn't even expect something like that. And then you got to walk through these giant steel doors, and then finally you get back to where the school is. And it's like, uh, like I said, it's like a, it basically looks like a pond. 
Um, now, now did, you, did you rough it over there? Like when you stayed over there? Because I've seen some of the people who sleep, they're basically sleeping in huts. No, I didn't no. do all that. No. Well, no, I did, but not... Um, it depends. So the at Atachai... They have two living options. One is you sleep in a room with 12 other guys. And the other option is there's like this local hotel. that's like right up the up the way. It's a tough choice. Yeah. And so <laughs> with me personally, like I snore like a motherfucker. So I'm not doing that to 12 dudes. Yeah. Like just being that asshole that everyone hates. Because I'm probably like obnoxious when I sleep. At least I've been told. How long were you over there? Uh, I was over there for two weeks. Ended up being two weeks. Exactly. And then I was supposed to go back again, um, but then COVID kicked off and it's not, uh, it's on. COVID. COVID. It's on. uh, How many gyms did you go to there? I went to a total of four. Four. And so the big one was uh, Sipman Chai, which they're out in the middle of nowhere. They're like in the middle of this like um, farm community. And um, a lot of, a lot of the people over there that are into different stuff, they are, um, let's say it like this to be a business over there. There's a lot of side stuff that you probably, that people get into, you know? And so to circumvent any kind of problems from weird side deals that you make for like legality issues and stuff, all the business owners, not all of them, but a lot of them, they become cops. <laughs> and cause that's like, that's like mob. That's like mafia rule. One Oh one is like, you become a cop and then guess who enforces the rules? Like, Oh, I do. Right. right. And so almost all the bar owners down there, they're all cops, whether they were a cop and bought a bar or they were a bar and then bought a cop or a, they were a bar and then became a cop. I should have stayed a cop. You yeah. should have. Well, God. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> so you ride around on scooters with lady boys the whole time or what? Um, so there was the best. So um, one thing I was definitely going to do is go get a picture with a lady boy. And I wasn't sure how that was going to work. And so I went to there was this dude that walked us over there. So I tell this guy, I'm like, hey, man, you know, we're out partying. And the first night I was like, hey, um, I want to go to a club. And I'm thinking Bangkok, international clubs, like they probably got some dope ass clubs with badass DJs and light shows and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that you wouldn't hear have here in St. Louis or haven't for like a decade at least since like Velvet. Um, but uh, so I go first night and I'm like, hey, man, I want to go. And I, I was like, I heard that there's a lot of prostitution over there at the bars. So I was like very specific. I was like, not a um, not a whorehouse, like not a mm-hmm. not a prostitution bar, like a real club. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, I got I know the I know the perfect place. And, I, you know, because I was like and I then I reiterated, I was like, you know, because I don't I'm not looking to like pick up pick up hookers. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah we, I know the perfect spot. You're a photographer. You want to do some fun pictures. Uh, yeah, I, I've want, seen your I social media. Lighting. I know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I want lighting. I want cool things going on yeah. on the street, you know, whatever it is. And um, so we go to this place called um, oh, I'm going to butcher the name. It's like the oh, it's it was fr- it was in um, the Hangover 3. What is it? Something cow- Oh, the Hangover cowboy. Three. Oh. So, soy Cowboy, right? <laughs> so, there. I think it's called Soy. I, I'm probably butchering the name, but I think it's Soy Cowboy. And so we go to the spot, and um, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, is this a good club? He's like, yeah, yeah, you'll like it, you'll like it. And so the first, they're like, no phone. They tell you that up front, like, don't take your phone out, and then you have to buy a drink to get in. So you're like pot committed once you go in. So we go in, and there were so many fucking hookers there, like I couldn't. <laughs> everyone's naked except for me and my three friends, and I'm like trying to get through the crowd without bumping into a hooker, which was an impossibility. Is there so, any clubs over there without hookers? There are, but the pro- the thing is, is that the you'll still you're still gonna get ladies of 
of night that come out to the clubs because they're trying to make money. Yeah. And so my big concern was that I like meet some girl who's gorgeous or something, and then we start and you, the I look like a fucking like 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 a look what they do now, but um. I, I I didn't look like this. So like right now I'm into the studio in nerd mode and so I have zero <laughs> chance of ever meeting a girl like this. But some, some, that's the cross I bear. I like the glasses. Well, thanks. Just a wicked mullet going on. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. wicked. Yeah. Um, he has a pink button up, short sleeve with a nice, is that silk? Uh, I think it is silk. Know. Maybe. Nice silk tie with some nice grandma patterns going on pocket protector and pr- the pocket money. protector my favorite part and some short ass shorts yeah, i'm on. glad i'm on the other side of the desk <laughs> we'll, we'll get a picture we'll, we'll let you see this visually yes yes um so you're in <laughs> you're gonna selfie with us well okay uh so let me he, he has a stop <laughs> Another first, bam! In uh, a, a, a in so, in podcast selfie. Yes, during the show. During the show. Oh, you gotta flip that. There we go. Pretend like I know kind of what's going on. <laughs> so we like to okay. do. We, so hold on. So okay. we gotta get back to this. Okay. This right. horse. <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to know where this. We better ends. just leave it where it no. is. Yeah. Okay. So. You're in the club. So I'm in the club. Everybody's naked besides you. Everybody's naked except for it's like the there's like I bet twenty patrons and a hundred women butt ass naked except for they're wearing uh heels. <laughs> heels. They got heels on and that's it. <laughs> and so then it rotates. So you're like uh so I go first off, I don't drink. I am like a uh eight year streak. I smoke chronic like a motherfucker, but I don't drink. Um but I go in, so I got like a Diet Coke that I just paid six American dollars for, which already, like things are supposed to be cheaper over there, and I've never paid $6 for a Diet Coke over here, right? So uh, I've got a $6 Diet Coke, which I like drink because I just smash drinks fast. And um, we, we know we've already seen you drink a pot of coffee since you've been in here. Yeah. That stuff's like nectar of the gods. Um, yes, it is, Todd. Yes, it is. So Todd I, has never had a drink of coffee. Oh, that's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah. back to the horror story. Forget Todd. So- uh, I'm back there. Back to the whores. Back to the whores. Uh, so I smash this house. Diet Coke. And then, you know, there's like, there's girls literally just coming up. And obviously they're there trying to make money. And so they're like, they're trying to like grab your dick, whatever it is. And I'm just, I'm literally trying to not have prostitutes. Like the, that was one of my mild goals that I didn't even think I would have to <laughs> contemplate. Lofty you know? goals. That's a lofty goal right there. Because they're, they're just like chasing. They're like, they're like, come have sex for money. And um, <laughs> it's so up. In, and so there's like girls on me, just like, like dancing, like 100%. They know what they're there for. I know what they're there for. And I'm not interested in their peddling booty. And um, so at some point in time, you know, to try to alleviate these the the lines of prostitutes that are trying to get my foreign wiener. um, (laughs) I was like all American hot dog. Yeah. And, you know, my buddies are just watching me watch, you know, like try to I try to be normal and probably and then also contemplating whether or not they're going to get a prostitute, maybe. But. I was like, oh, man, I'll take out my phone and I'll just like check my Facebook if there's Wi-Fi in here. And so the second I check my phone, the music stops and the DJ gets on the mic and he goes, hey, 
If you got if you got your phone out, he's like, I don't put your phone away or you're gonna get kicked out. Right? So the entire club stops, and then I realized that the DJ is talking to me. And the worst part was is I was like right next to the DJ booth, so he could have just leaned out and been like, Hey man, put your phone away. You can't have that out. <laughs> but instead it's like stop the party, this motherfucker's violating the rules. Uh so that was it. And then my buddies, I don't think they were like I don't know if they got hookers or not. Like, they, they had they to did. have. Yeah. But they definitely didn't do it in front of me. They weren't drinking Diet Coke. They got hookers. <laughs> right. They were getting down, probably. And so then, you know, we just went on to the um, next next clubs. And then, okay, so the, the that guy, right, the same guy that brought us to the whorehouse, I was like, um, I was like, you know, I'm like, well, I'm not going to ask him to show me another club because he's just going to take me to another fucking whorehouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like the whorehouse of whorehouses. It was like the top whorehouse had to have been, unless that's how they all are. But so the next day I was like, all right, I want to get a picture with a lady boy. So I tell him, I'm like, hey, man, where would I go to get a picture with a lady boy? He's like, oh, man, I know just the spot. I'll take it. <laughs> and I was like, man, I think I heard that before. <laughs> so we go to the street and he goes, hey, uh, I'm not going to walk down the street with you. And I was like, uh, oh, OK. He goes, just walk down to the end of the street and come back. And so I'm like, all right. And so I start walking down and I, I'm wondering why he won't walk down the street. And I'm thinking, like, should I be walking down the street? But he's a dude I met from the fight gym. So I'm thinking I'm OK. Right. So I start walking down the street and I start hearing, hey, hey, you guy, you go boom, boom, you go boom, boom, you go good time. <laughs> and ladies, let me teach you something about seducing me if you're trying to get me into a like seductive sultry sexual mood don't come at me like hey you want to go boom boom you want to go good time you need romance you hear me or maybe just take the voice the the bass and rasp out of your voice (laughs) like if you if you were like the bass singer for the fucking jackson five and you've been smoking packs of cigarettes that's probably not the voice that's gonna lure me in you're not the siren for me did you get your picture did I, I absolutely so um so I walk down this and there no everyone yells, Hey, boom boom, you wanna go boom boom? All these guys, you know, and they're uh, they're dressed like women, and if they mm-hmm. weren't screaming that, you would be hard pressed to tell if it was a male right. or a female. And so I get to the end and I'm like, Oh, I'll just get a video of me walking down and all these dudes just talking mad ah, shit. Ah, yeah. And um so I come back and I rec- I'm recording now and I'm pretending like I'm just looking at my phone. But I'm definitely recording and nobody says anything. So they must have known what I was doing, but or whatever. They or got maybe some, it, they maybe, got some phone detectors over there or something. Maybe after the first pass through, they were like all rejected <laughs> and like they were like, oh, this guy, like yeah. he doesn't, he's not interested at all. Big so the American don't want no boom boom. <laughs> right. So we go, I was like, hey man, it didn't happen. And so we go to the next spot. And so um, finally, this like uh, this lady boy just grabs my dick as I'm walking through. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just go with it? Yeah. Did you just go well, with it? I, I was like, I stopped the dick grabbing. And then I was like, hey, can I get a picture with you? <laughs> <laughs> that was the one. Uh, that's Did awesome. you have to pay for that picture? Uh, yeah, I did yeah. pay. So I paid. I can't. I don't even know what I paid. It probably wasn't enough. But um, I don't know. I just grabbed the money I had in my pocket and gave it to the, the person. But dude. And um, then uh, so then the best part of that moment, though, I'm walking through and it's like me and my buddy and we're there to definitely get a picture of a lady boy. And there's these guys that we see and we spot them from about 20, 30 feet away and they're walking and they're having a great time and they're high fiving and they're laughing at it, you know, with each other and at each other. And you tell they're totally inebriated and they're walking uh, like confidence at 10. And then they look up and they make eye contact with us and we make eye contact with them and all three guys. Bruh! 
dropped and just hung their heads in shame. Uh, <laughs> they saw some Americans. Is that All what right. it was? They, they got busted. Right. <laughs> All three are fresh, cheap blowjobs. <laughs> let me let me segue back to something. That's three shows in a row. Three. <laughs> um, so you said you've been sober eight years. So uh, not sober. I haven't drank for eight years. Okay, what's well, a huge I, difference. I, I, that's a huge... I like how you did that because yeah. a lot of people... Like, oh, well, I've been sober for two years. All right. Now I smoke weed all day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, yeah, I'm high all the time. But so what, what, what got you off alcohol? Um, let's see. Well, one, I was going through a breakup and I was like, I don't drink. I, at the time, like I never, ever drank just because I was like, oh man, I feel like a piece of shit and I'm drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like at that point, cause I just got broke up with, you know, I was like kind of bummed out and I just was like, man, I'm going to take, I had a piano gig coming up in Columbia, Missouri for doing piano uh, show. And so I was like, man, that's in six weeks in six weeks. I can easily lose 20 pounds and just feel way better about mm -hmm. myself. And so I was like, man, I'm going to quit drinking for six weeks. And then at the end of the six weeks, my, me and my buddy Kevin, we're going to go, um, you know, toss it back. And after the show gets done and we'll get, you know, get buck wild. And then uh, that day of the show, we played, it went well, and then um, I just didn't feel like drinking. And so I kept, I just, I was like, man, I'm going to go, I'm going to see if I can go another month and see what mm -hmm. happens. And before you know it, I was at three months and then six months. And then after like six months, I was like, man, I, because the hard part, this is the hard part that people, uh, that in my opinion, that they drink. Um, it's a hard thing to get past is when you're out in a crowd of people and you don't know what to say and you're not quite fitting in, it's easy to like have a couple of beers and then you're more loose-lipped, you're more likely to talk to people. And it's real easy to do that, right? Um, and I think that it becomes like a crutch, like a social crutch where you can't be out hanging out with people and not be drinking. Um, so for me, but it's it was really more of once I got past that point, it was like a caloric change. I was like, man, I'm not drinking, you know, an extra three, 4,000 calories a week, which I was living, you know, at that time I'm living on Washington Avenue doing the, doing piano bar stuff or you know, like an apprenticeship type position and doing the gym stuff full time. And so, um, yeah, I just, I, and then I kept it rolling and I was like, man, I could be way more productive if I just like smoke. I didn't even smoke at this time. I was just like, I'll just quit drinking. And then eventually later on, uh, I actually had a training accident where this kid I was trying to help with, uh, his training stuff, show him something. And I didn't know he was like special needs. Uh, so he ended up knocking me off this plyo box, um, or I lost my balance and I busted out my knee. And whenever I hurt my knee, I was like, there was like, you know, I was, uh, I used a lot of painkillers during the train accident. And when I got off the painkillers, it was just like, I don't ever want to use those again. Uh -huh. And so, but with the knee thing, I went ahead and got, you know, started taking the painkillers again. And then I was like, man, I want something for the pain, but I also want to get rid of, uh, I don't want to be on the, the, so I started smoking weed and I live it. In eight years, man, that's a long time. Yeah. And so, you know, the lack of like not drinking for me is like, I could, um, you know, I could go smoke or be out with my friends or whatever and um, go get right back to work after we're all hanging out. But if I'm drinking and trying the same thing, like it ain't happening. And so with somebody that works as many hours as I do, um, it is something that it's a huge hindrance. And so I had to pick and choose, like, do I want to be a fucking superstar or do I want to have like an occasional drink of my buddies, you know? And so I can still hang out with my buddies and be a superstar, but I can't have the occasional drink and be a superstar for me personally. Cause it just slows me down. Awesome story. Love that. Yeah, me too. What, 
what what is um what is a week like what is a week like for you in terms of work mm -hmm. so um a general week and it switched up recently so i made a decision you know downtown is not growing it's not i doubt it's gonna grow um that sucks but it's probably true and um I stopped doing classes, so I'm only doing private training, which freed up a lot more time. And so now, right now, here's like a typical week. And this is changing. I'll, I'll give you two answers. So this past two months, I've been sleeping eight hours a night and waking up feeling, um, you know, feeling rested or whatever. Um, but it's not that much better than if I only got three hours a night. And then if I got three hours a night, I would have been able to play piano for like five hours or work on comedy stuff or work on writing or work on music production or work on, you know, developing the tech that I was telling you about for Lupin and stuff. Sounds like you're going back to three hours. Yeah. Hell yeah. And so <laughs> right now I've been getting more rest, so I haven't been as work motivated, but I've, I just don't like that shit. So I'm going to definitely jump back on the three hour sleep night. Um, so generally speaking, and I, so except for that one change, I'll give you the change that sounds a lot better where I'm playing music every night to like for like five hours. Um, so I get up in the morning and I start my uh, I just, you know, go have uh, have coffee, have breakfast, uh, fresh eggs usually. And then um, I get to work and start training. And so I'll usually train whatever my training schedule is like, work on photography stuff in between, um, work on videography stuff that I'm doing. And uh, I do a lot of commercial work for different companies where I'm, you know, putting out stuff for them. Um, and then uh, usually when I get done with that lately, because I canceled my group classes in downtown St. Louis, I've actually been just chasing down my fight buddies and meeting a bunch of my friends that are like pro athletes or former pro athletes and sparring and getting a lot of good work in. So that's been awesome. And then I get done with that and I go home and I work on music stuff. And I'm fortunate that I've brought um the music and photography stuff to even the level of career that it is for me now so like i'm playing gigs on the weekends um doing i get lots of photography people coming and asking me to do stuff and i've been featured uh you know ksdk and different magazines for that um but that's usually what it's like and then the next thing that i'm working on which i don't think anybody knows about this so you guys are getting the skinny You're yes it's what we do here at getting play live this is that cutting edge? This is that back <laughs> that back alley news? Yes, this ain't that, yes. This ain't that news Democrat. Right. That St. Louis. Uh, what is that? St. Louis Post Dispatch. No, no. This is that back alley. This, I'm not. Somebody's Rick got a, a trench coat on. They might pull out their wiener, but they're gonna give you the truth. So what are you working on? Tell so, it. Uh, Give it to next, us. Well, I'm a Exclusive. union carpenter and a certified diesel mechanic, and I'm big into – I've been working – I'm about to start getting into robotics as a hobby, um, which – different things from electronics or whatever. And then um, I'm going into realty. So that's going to be the next big thing is, uh, you know, I think – I think if you're going to put your mind to something and put your energy into something, make sure – I'm a big fan of making sure it's done at a high level, you know? And um, – you know, my coach told me something once that I you know, really changed the way I thought about investing your time. It takes just as much time uh, to be like mediocre at something as it does to be a professional. Oh, that's the truth. You know, and so <laughs> let's say carpentry or whatever. You could um, you could like start building a desk and, you know, kind of put together this shitty little desk. Um, but at the same amount of time, if you just like, let's say, let's say even go to YouTube and learn how to do everything the right way, you could have in the similar amount of time, have an actual solidly built 
desk and you've leveled up your skills for next time you want to do it again. Um, and we'll just say, we'll, you know, that's just one little example of whatever it is you're trying to do. And I'm just a big fan of that. And so if you're going to invest time into something, um, make sure that it's, there's an, uh, a goal in mind and set a high goal. So what's your, um, what's your goal? I'm, I'm in a little bit of real estate. Um, what's your goal with that? Are you trying to do multi, um, unit houses, apartments, you trying to do commercial. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get into the mortgage side, um, and become a mortgage broker. And then, um, that's something that I'm just planning on doing. And then I'm also a union carpenter. And so my goal is to be, uh, my, I'm going to focus on multi-unit family housing and that's, um, my uncle's a millionaire and that's all he's done. He didn't even get into all multis. He just got into like singles even. And what he would do is just buy a house really cheap and then rehab the house and then rent the house out. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, let's say 10 times over 10 years, that's you're a millionaire. You've got a million bucks in assets. Yeah. Um, and so that's something it's just us. And if you're able to do the work yourself, like you are. if you're able are. to do the work yourself, mm -hmm. you can get that shit, son. <laughs> get that money. Hey, yeah. You know, when, when you, I'm back, I'm segueing back a little bit. Uh, that you remind me of that quote. What it, was it? Abraham Lincoln. It said, "If I had an hour to oh. chop down a tree, I would mm -hmm. spend forty-five minutes sharpening the axe." Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of exactly like what you said. Yeah, it's something. Like that. There's a lot to that for sure. You know, yeah. I mean, how long? This is the saddest thing. Like a real good example that I like for me is, um, it's like sad to me is, and I know you've seen it too. Is you see someone go to a um, let's say some shitty air punching leg swinging kickboxing class, right? And you see the form, and it has nothing to do with kickboxing. It's just kind of moving around, you know. Now the people learning, like taking that class, in their mind they are they're like kickboxers, you yeah. know, or they have skill in kickboxing. But then if you actually saw them go against like a fighter, let's say even an amateur fighter, like they would just get worked. You know, um, but you take somebody else that spent that exact same amount of time developing, like honing real fight skills, you know, like you've seen. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you keep, you'd coach kickboxing stuff. Uh, not really. All right. No. Well, fuck that. then. <laughs> but you see someone that's actually training with a good coach. Yeah. And over the course of, let's say, two, three years versus 10 years of air punching, you've got someone who's like fucking killer. And then you've got. I've been doing this every Tuesday. Nothing <laughs> annoys me worse than like people who go do like cardio kickboxing or, or, or I'm talking about the people who teach it and they just let them th hit the bag. Like, you know, like they're just like, they're, yeah, you no, know, that doesn't, doesn't Not, show them anything. You know what I'm saying? Like doesn't, no instruction just cause they're there moving. They think it's okay. Why not just take the little extra time, show them how to throw a, a, a good punch. And let me tell you something too, though, is that, there are people, they don't give a fuck about your punch. Right. They don't give a fuck about your punch skills, your coaching skills. Like, they just want to wail on the bag and not think about shit, and they don't need you interrupting their mental space. <laughs> like, for me personally, if you know I something, I interrupt. That's what I would want. <laughs> that's a sign of a good coach, is to be like, hey, man, you're doing this and this. Because then, because you can't see yourself. You're only kind of your own spatial awareness when it's talking about, like, fight movement. So you might think you're doing everything perfect, but someone would be like, oh, tuck your chin, you know, put your hands up higher, get your elbows in whatever it might be and i'm all about that that's what i would want but i wouldn't you know but also there's guys that are air punch coaches and i've the i find that the people that go to the coaches that aren't really they're just gonna like um hoorah them along maybe there's there's a different need there so like i'm not going to um kickboxing to become like empowered you know you know right. what i mean right. like i'm i feel like pretty confident but like i would go there for correction 
right? Whereas you get somebody else, they're like, they had a shitty day. Their boss is like, you're a fucking bitch, you know? <laughs> Go pick up that fucking trash, does, bitch. Do they work? Does that person work at the brick house? Probably. <laughs> Shout out to the brick house, back of the line, back of the house. What up? <laughs> what up? Uh, so we we like to do a little Mount Rushmore thing yeah. here. So we're going to come up with you. And, dude, you're into so many things. Sure. And, 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 and I guarantee you're probably somebody who follow. Like, I don't. where do you get your motivate? Who's, who, what's for people that inspire you, that motivate you? Um... All right, so I don't know about motivate me because I feel like I'm already like I've I've got high motivation. But um, the guys that I try to follow, I try to find like you know you've got this Instagram algorithm where whatever things that you follow, they tend to be in your feed more. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for like photography stuff, more photography stuff's gonna pop up. Um, but as far as just overall, I think overall inspiration, uh, everybody loves The Rock, of course. You got Joe Rogan. Um, I'm going to, but I'll, I'm not going to count them. I'm going to pick some other people that aren't those two. Cause I think, I feel like those ones, it's like universal, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Like everybody knows like in the motivation scene specifically. Um, well, we'll bust off, a, dust off a classic the old Zig Ziglar there. That's a fucking awesome I, guy. And, and you know, we, there's so many motivational people out there now yeah. there's, you, you can get on YouTube and just put in motive. But Zig Ziglar was the guy that pretty much, he was before everybody was it? Yeah. And the motivational people now. They will say that, well, that, and they will say that they got their inspiration from Zig Ziglar. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like he was, he was Absolutely. the man that, that sort of started the whole motivation movement, if you ask me. Absolutely. Um, so I'd say Zig Ziglar for sure is one of those, one of those guys. Um, another guy, and he's not like a motivation guy, but if you're trying to uh, learn kickboxing, Liam Harrison I love that guy. That guy's ridiculous. He's a he's like a eight time world champ. Mm -hmm. um, he's got one of my favorite kickboxing fights ever. Um, the guy's a warrior. He's got like online programs. I love big fan of that guy's Liam Harrison. Is yeah, it? yeah. Liam Harrison Muay Thai. He's uh, follow him on Instagram. He's got a really really good Instagram page. Um, and then he's like I said, he's got his own uh, subscription program. If you're trying to step up your knowledge in Muay Thai, mm -hmm. and the guy's just top in knowledge side. Um, Let's see. Another guy there. I'm trying to think. Um, you know, Mike Tyson is somebody in there that is really doing a lot of awesome stuff. And as someone who absolutely hated Mike Tyson previously, like mm -hmm. I was not a Mike Tyson fan. You know, I'm going to respect the boxing skill. But as a person, like he was never somebody I always thought of him as like a joke personally. Not like now when he's actually a joke, like comedy career. And he's, you know, he's in, you know. When somebody gets caught and then they try to come out with a confession of about, hey, I'm sorry that I did this, you know, uh, when they do that, I never feel like it's sincere, mm -hmm. but I feel like he's made a change on his own, not because he got called out on something, because he's just made changes. And that, so now, yeah. That's really interesting. I love that. Yeah. I'll give you a quick run. Uh, similar. I was a huge Kobe Bryant fan as a basketball player. Um, just that was my generation. Right. Made my dog after loved him. I liked Kobe so much more after he got done playing. Yeah. I mean, he inspired you the way he started doing his, you know, he became kind of a, a, a public speaker. Sure. Um, he got into business. Yeah. Seeing what he started doing off the court. Yeah. Was, was unbelievable. Right. And that's, and you know, and I'm not saying, I mean, 
Kobe seemed to had his you know a few flaws or whatever you know in the yeah, public eye. Not as bad but as like, Mike Jackson. Not Mike, like Mike, Mike Tyson. Tyson. Yeah, but he has really turned it around. Yeah, Mike I mean, Tyson. Mom, mom, hey, going back to Kobe, Mamba mentality. Mamba I mentality. love that man. But his Ugh. when he got done playing, I mean, just his competitive now went into other things. Exactly. And, and yeah, did did you I hear love that about Tyson? Did you hear Tyson on Rogan when when he was? He was on Rogan like a few months ago, hyping that Jones fight. Right. He was just talking about how he, how he's like since he was young, he's uh, studied like conquerors of oh, the yeah. world. Alexander like, the yeah, Great, yeah, Alexander the yeah. Great, and Genghis Khan, and Napoleon, and all. Like he's like his historical knowledge of these people is insane, right? You know, and he he thinks of himself as a conqueror, yeah. You know, as you know. And I think, you know, I think when you're trying to become like the guy, like the champ, I think that's uh, that's a great mindset to have. And the problem is, is it doesn't come out well into like business mentality where you don't have to like the three of us sitting here, like nobody needs to conquer anybody. We're just doing this little thing and then we're probably going to go have drinks afterwards or whatever. Um, but it's if you have more of a building mentality, you'll go mo much further, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, you think about, let's say, even the top UFC fighters. You've got guys that are, you know, they've made millions in their careers. Now their fight career is over. Well, if they're just trying to beat everyone's ass still, like what good is that? You know, what what benefit is that to them? Whereas if you've got that mentality, like, uh, oh, another great guy is Randy Couture, yeah. who's just really branched out. He's branched out into acting. He's branched out into different stuff. And he's not even known as a cheesy actor because he always has um, whatever he acts on. It's usually just himself. So yeah. it's like a bad guy. You're a badass that whoops ass and doesn't talk. It's like Eminem and Eight Mile. You're just playing himself. <laughs> right. You, you know, and with the Tyson thing, like that guy was champ at what? Heavyweight champ of the world, like 19? Yeah. 20, something yeah. like that. He, 20, was, I think. he was heavyweight champ. So he, at that time, he's considered the baddest man on the planet. He has millions and millions of dollars. Now, oh, when man. I was 19... I thought I was the baddest man on the planet. <laughs> I know, had like zero dollars and I got in all kinds of trouble. Could you oh, imagine yeah. if I actually was the baddest person on the planet and I knew, and I actually had some money? You had the trouble zero. I would have got into? Yeah. All the, you, have, mean, then you, you have, uh, what is it? Dave Ramsey says something like, uh, money doesn't make you different. It enhances who you are. Well, all, yeah, and, and at different times in your life, you're a different person. So or, absolutely, or the, plus that that great quote about money: "Mo money, mo problems." Without a doubt. Well, whatever it is. So if you're into if you're into like women, and you're going to be way more into women because you're going to spend more money, and then you're going to have tons of women problems. And if you're into um, I don't know golf, you're going to spend way more money on golf, and just shit's going to happen. I mean, I think anytime you. Man, anytime you invest your time into something, you're gonna have like more problems in that. You know? Yeah. So like The Rock, even though we were all like, yeah, he's awesome. The percentage, let's say point, like, let's say like 0.5% of the population hates the fucking Rock. Well, that's like 2 million people. There are probably 2 million people out there that just hate that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so are you going? It, Who's number four? four? Um, so let's see. Number four. Um, uh, man. On the, the Mount Rushmore. Of inspiration. Yeah, guys, doesn't have to, you know. Yeah, well, you know who I'm listening to right now. So this isn't like the Mount Rushmore, but just somebody who I think has real solid voice, especially if you're trying to up your business skills, uh, business and marketing mainly. But uh, and he's he's a big follower of the work together mentality. Uh, but Seth Godin, he's got some awesome stuff out there. So I would definitely give him a look. But if I man, if you got those guys, that's a pretty broad swath that would <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, and you could kick the world's ass with those guys, right? No doubt.
<laughs> um, another question like we, we like to get from people on here. What's your favorite book? And it can be fiction, nonfiction, or, or one of each. I'm going to have to go with uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People because I don't know if it's my favorite or not, but it is one that I feel like is really good. If you haven't read that, you definitely have to read at least once. Like everybody, I don't give a fuck what you're doing. If you're reading anything else, fuck that. Get that. <laughs> get this book. <laughs> Um, Sold read me. it once. Read it once. Like if you have, that's a read, that's an old class. That's been around a long 1920s, time. 1920s, I think. 1900. Yeah. And so the way Dale Carnegie decided to write that book was, um, he was he did a survey. I think he worked for maybe a publishing house or something, and he did a survey of different people on what they would like. And they, I think that was one one trait that a bunch of people said, and there wasn't any information out on it. So he, and it's one of the most important skills. Um, and so. You know, a great example is that entire Muay Thai trip wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been able to reach out with that with Scott and from Boone Sport and talk to him and get things mm -hmm. set up. And then after I went to these camps, if they, you know, if they didn't like me or whatever, they could have been like, ah, oh, he doesn't come back. Um, but all of them, you know, liked me just from me being personable, but then also not being a dipshit when it came to kickboxing stuff. Um, but that's that is uh, definitely you got to read that. I try to read it every year for the mindset influence alone. Oh, I like that. Uh, got a fiction book. Something to just kind of escape reality, just to for fun. Hmm. Man, I'm I'm I don't know. A uh, fiction book, a fiction book. Um, I don't read fiction I, books. Your 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 life is kind of like a fiction yeah, book. I think. I just think make <laughs> fucking do crazy shit. I don't. I've got all types of fiction. I'll just tell you what's going on, and you'll be like, that guy's full of shit. <laughs> um, but probably fiction. Man, what a fiction. If when I'm trying to unplug, I it's not fiction, but I just watch a lot of Muay Thai stuff, and that for me is um, awesome. You know, just doing that. And then um, when I'm not doing that, I'm working on usually music stuff, or um, I'm a big po uh, Rogan podcast fan, so I think that one, you know, that's something. Um, man, probably better fiction for me would be movies, which I just watched a movie last night that uh, I think is a one that's been out there. I'm going to finish it today, so don't spoil it for me, guys. Okay. <laughs> it's something uh, something like there's so many rules about time traveling or questions about time travel. It's like an English movie. Yeah, I'm probably not going to ruin that one for you. Yeah, I, probably yeah, not. Yeah, no, and no. the only the only person in the movie that I even saw that I they recognized all die. is, uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone dies, they fuck it all up. Uh, Anna <laughs> Ferris, is it? The girl from the scary movie? Yeah. The one that she's always like a total goofball, and she actually doesn't look like a goofball in this movie. She just looks like a normal person, which is good skill to have if you look like a goofball. You know what I'm talking about? Well, who would looks like a goofball? Meh. Um, <laughs> So uh, what what advice do you have to give to, say, like a young entrepreneur, someone who's wanting to start their own business, someone who's wanting to like branch off into all these other things like you do? Do you have some some, sure. some advice you'd like to give them? Yeah. So uh, if I was given some. Uh, it's not dress for success. Definitely that's not, not that. definitely not dress for it. the job you want, <laughs> not the job you have. And that's why to, I'm wearing you, a space are you, uniform. Are right you now. interviewing for an accountant job with Ross right now? With, and a Jehovah's <laughs> Fitness accountant. So I'm getting it. I'm getting that job. Um, the, the advice I got is um, number one, don't quit your day job. A lot of people think that entrepreneurial um movements and entrepreneurial pursuit pursuits need to be something where you just put all your time into it mm -hmm. and you don't need to, you become a professional athlete by investing about 25 hours a week. That's not even a full-time job. That's just five hours, five times a week. Right. And that's a heavy load, right? That's a heavy training load. Yeah. Right. 
Um, so don't quit your day job. Make sure you got some kind of money coming in while you're and you're building this other business. So even me for the music business, for the um, photography, videography, I was a full time personal trainer. I am still making a full time personal trainer's wage and not having to work full time, which I like. Um, and so I have lots of time. I have an income coming in and I have lots of time to invest into um, other skills that I'm trying to develop. So that's a big one. Don't quit your day job. Um, another one is like, don't be scared to get out there a little bit. And I'm like over the top with it, but I mean, um, your testicles are out there right when your now. balls are hanging out. You yeah. guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'm way over the top cause I'm just into comedy and all types. I'm, I'm 100% down for looking like a jackass and for being the heel nailed and, it, uh, n- knock that shit out of the park. <laughs> Um, so, but don't mainly like for people that aren't as outlandish as me, just don't be afraid to be different. Don't be afraid to, um, stick your neck out. And if you stick your chin out, you're going to get fucking punched. So don't be scared of that shit either. (laughs) So we want to get punched. It's inevitable. (laughs) Like you can't be good without, um, without that. So great example. I played last uh, Saturday in Hannibal, Missouri, and I'm real vile. And this is a pretty tame version. And I'd like to talk shit and say swear words and make horrible crass jokes and smoke pot and get people <laughs> laughing and just be an, uh, be a clown. And I'm there at this bar in Hannibal. Um, and, uh, the whole crowd's like, you know, just, I'm f- like, it was a, it was a terrible night to start. I show up, everyone's foods like 30 minutes behind. So everyone's the whole fucking oh. room's pissed. The brick and, house could use you. Yeah. And the whole, <laughs> the whole time that I'm even trying to get in into the crowd and get them involved in what I'm doing, they're just like, you can tell they're just fuming mad and checking their watches. So finally 30, I have no clue what's going on. I'm just thinking I'm dying. Like I'm fucking dying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I finally, I get the crowds getting their food. I start getting into the crowd where everyone starts to have a good time and then this guy comes in with his two daughters which why are you taking your two daughters out of a fucking bar at 10 o'clock you know or nine o'clock on a, I, I don't know i mean do whatever you want boom boom there are yeah you want to go boom boom um but i mean you know so i'm sure your bar is um there's do you have like a restaurant side a bar side or is it just one bar right now it's one bar but I don't know. Did you guys walk yeah. through? Yeah. So we're we're we're, in we're the, expanding. We're expanding where it's going to be bar and dining room. So this place is a bar dining room. So if you have those two options, like why wouldn't you just take your like Absolutely. younger daughters mm-hmm. yeah. to the dining area uh-huh. and have it? And so this guy sits down front and center, right in front of me, and I'm talking mad shit, and I'm singing <laughs> rap songs that are talking about fucking tits and blah blah blah. <laughs> and there's now a you know like two 14 year old girls that I'm talking about this stuff, rapping about this stuff in front of them. And so every swear word, the guy just shook his head, you know, but the rest of the crowds loving it. So then I got a choice now. Do I have to pander to this one guy and not piss him off? Or do I just say, fuck it, get everybody rolling the way that they have been. And this guy's going to hate me. And that was an easy choice to make. You know, I could be subpar or I can stand out, do awesome. And somebody hates me. And that's always an easy choice. And so that's what I was talking about. You're going to take it on the chin. Don't be scared to do it. Nice. I like that. Punch in the face. You're going to get punched in the face. Stick your chin out there. You're going to get punched in the face. Absolutely. And so don't be scared to take those punches. And uh, it sucks. It hurts. But it's a part of success. So don't let people tell you otherwise. 
Now, quick, I don't want you to think about this. Okay, okay. ready? Okay. Ready? Who's okay. winning a foot race? Me or Ross? Um, Fifty yards. With you just because you said you yes, train regularly. Yes, thank you. <laughs> That's why. Yes, have Ross. you guys foot race? That is the first. You're the first guest we've ever had that have chosen me, Jeremy. Thank <laughs> have, you. Who would win? Have you guys foot raced? Well, no, we win. haven't. You would we, win? No, we have yes. not. No, well, I I would win. Well, then we need to get that. We'll get well, that today. Well, We're gonna well, find out. Probably not today. I've already done sprints today, but. I've already see. Here's the thing. Ross was a college athlete. Okay. Okay. Stud basketball player. Okay. Uh, but he never run sprints. I run sprints a couple times. I'm also a week. ten years. I'm ten years younger. But okay. I mean, I'm in the gym give or almost take, every day. Give How old are you? Ten years. Thirty-seven. How old are you? Uh, twenty-seven. Oh wow. Okay. No. Um. <laughs> so yeah. So the but with sprints specifically, you've already said me. So yeah. You yeah. Can't, okay. And with sprints specifically, if you are training sprints regularly, so training sprint work, training, doing squats, you're going to have um, a body type that's just more, you're going to be able to produce I'm expl- that. I am so uh, explosive, uh, Jeremy. Okay. Yeah. Here, here, I'm so here, explosive. Here, I'm yeah. going to end the argument. Okay. Yeah. So no matter how much I train yes. in sprinting, right. I'm not going to be Hussein Bolt. Right. It's not going to happen. Absolutely. There's a huge speed difference. Absolutely. It's just science. Yes. That's where we are. Okay? That is not. <laughs> okay. It's, that's what it is. That is not where we are. He can train all he wants, but his speed is There's... never going to, or <laughs> his technique is not going to allow him Guest to get of the to year. <laughs> Guest okay. of the year, Ross. Right so, here. Right here. I think I just lost that music gig <laughs> at Lax Bar and Grill. There goes uh, that show. Uh, now sure. he needs you. Um you know, we're coming to the end of our show. I mean, there's so sucks. much. There's right. There's so much we haven't touched on with him. You know what I'm saying? Like we didn't. He was in the marine. He was a marine. Yeah, that has said. Let's. Well, we just said it. That's boom. Time. But the biggest, the biggest thing, because this I think is going to be huge and bigger. Not bigger than the music career, but uh, the magic music bus. But follow me on Facebook. This Wait, once I get this the magic. The music. it's that's not even a thing yet. Thing so yet, but I want to put it down. I've got to get that. Wait, now I got to grab the Facebook. This guy page. has more Facebook. He's got your dad's rap group. Yeah, that's, that's the band. That's, that's, that's my fake band. Your group. dad's your dad's rap group. He's follow got your dad's rap group meme, on Facebook. He's got one called Meme City, which oh, is yeah. the most disgusting. Oh yeah, the vilest uh, memes and jokes that you the can worst. ever like. What's what's your rap group called? Your, uh, dad? your dad's rap group. <laughs> awesome. It's mostly just him wearing basketball it's jerseys just me. and giant gold chains around. It's, yeah, it's just me being a total fucking clown. Um, In two thousand one, a, a a a small goal of mine is to have your dad's rap group at the brick and the magic. Yeah, music bus. <laughs> the music bus is going to be huge. Uh, so can uh, we have that at Loxapalooza. <laughs> the the yeah, absolutely. So the music bus thing is going to be massive because that's and even if it's not, uh, it's not even going to be necessarily about me. But I'm going to use that to help grow the comedy scene back up because right now it's non-existent. The music scene is pretty much non-existent. We're going to be doing car shows. So even if there's COVID restrictions, we're still going to be able to put on shows. Um, and then the Your Dad's Rap Group, that's just me. So I just, you just got to be, be like nice to me. And then I'm badass. Like, I'm in. I'm in on that <laughs> rap. On you that want, 40. If you you want, gotta, you're on Facebook, obviously. Yeah. You're on Instagram. Follow me on Facebook, Jeremy Jenin, G E N I N. Um, and yep. then um, Instagram. If Especially if you like 40, 40 year old white guys singing rap songs, like that is my bread and butter. Who doesn't, who doesn't love that? Right. Instagram too. Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm on Instagram, same. Um, you a Twitter guy? I'm not a Twitter guy, but I'm thinking about starting just because, like, I don't know. I could I've see, got I've got a Twitter, but I don't. I'm not. That I active. could see you being a good Twitter guy, a good tweeter, a, a twisher. I could tweet a twoosh. <laughs> I could tweet two twooshes a day. 
Um, is there anything you want to get out there yeah, that our you, listeners should know? That's man, Just that's interest, it. something interesting. You know, we, I think in a, covered? I think a more foolish me would have been like, "Come train with me, guys." But um, that's not what we're looking. We don't yeah, do that. But really, come get fucked up with me on the weekends and follow <laughs> me on your dad's rap group. Uh, follow that, the and then the we'll have the trailer rolling by March. So by the thaw of spring, he's playing here. We're getting him here. Getting that. We will have fresh legged baby deer and <laughs> rap music from forty year olds are on you, a bus. Are you playing anywhere tonight? Now, no. so here's the, oh fuck. I've got so I, I intentionally. So, so it's I my wife's. It's my wife's last day at her corporate job, and she's oh, okay. coming over to be a to start working in the family business. Nice. But so we're celebrating tonight. Uh-huh. My mom's taking the kids, and now it's on me to go. Ah, figure so, out so, so you're so <laughs> your big night off awesome. was to go watch Jeremy. Maybe you just bring her up here in like hey. an hour and have him do a little. Do hey, a little you know, you know, like <laughs> it, like after like three or four drinks, uh, she does. she would have been up there trying to fucking grab the mic and sing with them. She's I got her. She's wearing them. his tie around her head. Shout <laughs> out to Donnie B. I didn't. Uh, this is an old piano bar trick, and I didn't bring it, but I almost always have it in my bag. But I intentionally took it out so I didn't have this fucking rattling going on. But uh, almost always get a tambourine because every fucking music show there's one person that wants to be in the band and so you just give them the tambourine and I, you I just think, let them go to town I, I think you actually brought the tambourine <laughs> as I was carrying your stuff in for you and getting your coffee I think I saw mis- I saw it Mr. Tambourine Man <laughs> you are correct sir Dawn would definitely be hitting the yes, tambourine yes yes and, and then just not just not just hitting it like hitting it with confidence like they went to tambourine school yeah, like she, I didn't spend seven years in tambourine in college just to let this shit sit around <laughs> we're gonna close it out and then we're gonna you gonna f- close us out here with a song after- oh sure um i don't even know what the fuck i was gonna do all right oh well i guess we um all right we'll try this out we'll give this one a little shot and so i'm just gonna play this off the beat so all right well i got we done? You got anything I, else, Todd? I mean, <laughs> I don't want I don't want to hear this later on. I don't want my phone to go off and a text says, "Fuck, I should have asked him this." Shut up. No, but can I tell a little f- quick funny story about our I knew our brother something. Ty? Oh, okay, yeah, first yeah, of all, our yeah. brother Ty had to have like emergency appendix freaking surgery uh, this week. So he texts and I you know, I give him the text, "Hey, if you need anything, please let me know." Mm-hmm. Don't okay? send it if you don't mean it. Well, and then he calls me later. <laughs> hey, remember when you said if I needed something? I'm like, no, I don't remember that. He's like, you did it. I'm like, no, I didn't. Yeah, you did. So he's like, hey, would you mind? And easy job. He's like, hey, I got some packages delivered to my house. Do you mind going over and grabbing them and putting them in my garage? Now, do you know where his garage is? His garage is way yeah, back behind yeah. his house. It's yeah. not attached. It's it's way back behind. You got go down this little alleyway or whatever. So I'm like, well, I don't get off until about 730. I can go at about 8 o'clock. He's like, yeah, that'd be fine. Thank you. Thank you. I, I might, if I live, I, I, I will repay you someday. So I'm like, okay. So I go to his house to get these packages and dude, his porch is covered with packages. I'm talking giant, pa- like one was a trampoline. You think I'm kidding? Dude, it's like 8 o'clock at night. It's freaking like 20 degrees. I have to carry these things about an eight, like like a quarter mile to his garage. Dude, trampolines and just like his entire, he has, how many kids he have? Three kids. And dude, I had to carry, I think I carried every one of his kids' Christmas presents back to his garage, including at least one trampoline. What'd your kid get? 3,000 pounds of weights? <laughs> 
yeah, we're getting the kids into weightlifting this year. Thought we'd get them a whole set. And thanks anyway, for helping me. That it, damn it, appendix. Anyway, prayers go out yeah. to our brother Ty. It sounds like he's going to live. Thankfully, when I was over at his house, I had picked out all the things I wanted if he died. So. <laughs> <You beat> <laughs> So we are going to close this out. All it's right. been so much. Ross, next guest, let's not get any more guests who've done so much like like Jeremy and Adam, single. okay? Because I feel like a loser Those every two time. They do a lot. They do a lot. Fuck. Yeah. Pick so. a single specialist. Like somebody's like, I'm good at baseball cards. Yes. That would be perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, it's been the Eat, Say, Live podcast and we are the locksecutioners and jeremy jennon coming at you with your dad's rap group i'm casey Kasem, and this is your top 40 oh that's and then that's my cue see we use sign language here and then they were like and then i thought they were giving me a verbal cue no that was give the, us something Well, hi, kids. Do you like violence? Want to see me stick nine-inch nails to reach one of my eyelids? Copy me, do exactly like I did, and try sit and get fucked up. Worse than my life is. My brain's dead weight, but I can't get my head straight. I'm trying to figure out which Spice Girl I want to impregnate. Well, Dr. Dre said, Slim Shady, you a base head. Uh-uh, well, why's your face red, man? You wasted. Well, since age 12, I felt like I'm someone else because I hung my original self from the top bunk with a belt. I got pissed off, ripped Pamela Lee's tits off, and smacked her so hard and knocked her clothes backwards like crisscross. I smoke a fat pound of grass and follow my ass faster than a fat bitch who sat down too fast. Come here, slut. Shady, wait a minute. That's my girl, dog. I don't give a fuck. Got somebody pissed the world off. Yeah! Your dad's rap group up in the house. Come see us at Locks Bar and Grill. We are out! <laughs> Slay on! Slay on!